Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Amen. Thanks again for being here. Thanks, Kent. Thanks again for celebrating with us. I'd love to hang around uh, with you after this service and eat all the cookies. If you don't eat the cookies, guess who has to? Me. And so uh, it, it, my waistline would appreciate if you stick around and do that and just hang around uh, with us for a little while. And it's the first Sunday of fall. It doesn't feel like it, but go get you some pumpkin spice, something, something out there, everybody, and uh, celebrate with us. So if you're new to this series, we have said over the last couple of weeks that most of life's battles are won and lost where? Where at? In your mind, they're not one and lost in a marriage. They're not one and lost in a relationship. They're not one and lost in a friendship. They're not one and lost on a job. They're not one and lost with people that are around you. They're not one and lost in all of those scenarios. They're one and lost in your mind. As a matter of fact, most of the problems in my life are right between my ears. Say amen to that. Like they start right here. They come out in other areas of my life because your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so they come out negatively and they come out in relationship problems and they come out in emotional issues and they come out in anger but they start in my mind and then we said last week if you didn't catch that message I tried to give you a a physical illustration of how your mind and your soul works your mind is a part of your soul your soul is made up of three parts your will your emotions and your mind and you have to control your soul your mind has we said last week a negative bias, a negative bias, which means it, it stuff sticks to it. The negative experiences of your life sticks to your mind. We'll have five compliments. They roll off of you like Teflon, but one negative sticks to your soul, sticks into your mind. You hold on to that. And so we said you need a new mind. You don't just need a fixed mind. You need the mind of Christ. Say amen to that. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. In other words, you can have not just a better mind, you can have the mind of Christ in your life. You don't just have a better version of you, a 2.0 of your mind. You can have the mind of Christ. If you believe that, say, I believe it. Good. All right. Good. So today I want to help you in another area. And I really prayed about this message series because it's our birthday and I wanted to help you something happy. And I wanted to preach something full of joy, and I just couldn't get away from this particular topic the Lord kept dealing with me about and the word He kept giving me. So I decided to bring you legally addictive stimulants and cookies to soften the blow. How's that? <laughs> so I'm going to preach hard, and then we're going to eat cookies, and we're going to smile, uh, everybody. But I want to talk to you today about healing from bitterness. I want to talk to you today about healing from bitterness. Is her baby already crying? Just... God's already talking to her. <laughs> Healing from bitterness. Healing from bitterness. It's easy to see as a pastor, my 24th year of vocational ministry, it's easy to see how the big stuff in your life causes bitterness. I have had the unfortunate um, opportunities to sit with people through major hurts. The loss of a parent bearing a child, probably one of the most impactful Things in 24 years of my ministry about 12 years ago was standing at the front of a little funeral home chapel with a, with a casket that was too small and consoling a family. And bitterness 
shows up in the major times of our life. And it's easy to see how big things trip you up. What's amazing to me over 24 years is how the small things trip you up as well. As a matter of fact, I think over the last couple of years, I've seen a cultural shift, maybe a spiritual shift, that it's the small things that trip people up more than the big ones. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it like this, that it's the small foxes that ruin the whole field. They destroy the whole field. They're little things that just show up in your life. It's interesting to me to notice how small and insignificant things, they just seemingly insignificant in your life, but they take root inside of your heart and they end up in bitterness. It happened to me. Can I confess to you on our birthday and you still love me? Would you do that, everybody? Happened to me not long ago. Brandy and I bought a new-to-us home and we moved into this home. I pause here to tell you that moving is from hell. It's from the devil. And I've agreed never to do it again. If we ever move again, we're selling everything in the house. And I mean everything. Like, you get my clothes, you better be my size because it's all staying there. I'm not moving anything else out of that house. But we moved in, and we had movers that helped us move in because I like my friends too much. And so uh, we hired movers to help us move in, and they set up our bed, and it was late at night. We'd been working all day long. It's about a 12-hour move day. I say we have, they, they've been doing a lot of the moving. And anyway, but they set up our bed, all of our beds. And we went to get in bed that night. We were exhausted and it was hot. We moved in the middle of the summer, which was awesome. And uh, I was really happy. And, and we'd take showers and get, go get in the bed. And I, I walk out of the, our new master uh, uh, bathroom and I'm, Brandy is laying on my side of the bed. Now listen. If you've been married longer than a couple of weeks, those first couple of weeks, it's iffy. But if you've been married longer than the first couple of weeks, you know you have your side of the bed. Can I get an amen from married people? If you're not married, you ought not be sleeping in the same bed anyway. Different message. I didn't think much of it. I was tired. We'd moved all day. I just laid down, went to sleep on the other side of the bed. Night two. We didn't just move. We know where everything's supposed to go. It's night-night time at the Rose House, and Brandy's on the wrong side of the bed again. And I bring it up. I'm not lying to you. I'm not exaggerating one part of this story. I bring it up. I said, babe, what do you, I, I mean, last night I know you were tired. You know, you just, but, but, but that's, just so you know, that's, so I sleep over there. And I notice you're sleeping over there, and that's making it hard for me to sleep over there. Because I'm in your side of the bed. But probably a mistake you've made. She just kind of, she gives you what you, after being married 23 years, she gives you the, (laughs) and rolls over and goes to sleep. My hand to God, this happens. We're two weeks into this. We're two weeks in, Josh, where I'm sleeping on the wrong side of the bed. And here's the thing. If you sleep on the wrong side of the bed, you get up on the wrong side of the bed. It's not comfortable. I have permanent shoulder damage from it. Her side's got different kinds of stuff in it. I don't know what they stuffed it with on her side. I don't like it over there. The window, the, 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 the little table wasn't correct. My stuff wasn't there. This goes on for a month. This is true. My side of the bed. I finally, one night, I said, why are you doing this to me on my side of the bed? She looked at me and said, my God, get over it. She throws the covers off, goes to her side of the bed. I've been sleeping fine ever since, everybody. Now listen, this is not a marriage series. 
I got bitter about it. I really did. We fought about what side of the bed to sleep on. It seems crazy till you realize that most of the bitterness in your heart comes from the smallest things. It just comes from small inconsistencies. Small things that just add up over time. I understand the major things of your life. Your family of origin hurt you. Your father abandoned you. Your mother abused you. There's a divorce. A relationship falls apart. There's unmet expectations that happen. There's a business that fails. There's a betrayal by a close friend. All of those make sense for bitterness, but those aren't the things that trip people up anymore. It's the small little things that accumulate over time and you look back over your life and your mind is crusted over with bitterness because of little inconsistencies and little expectations and small little arguments and little things and small betrayals that build up over time. And before long, you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, And you've got bitterness on the inside of you. And I come to tell you today, i got good news and bad news. You can go to heaven bitter. You can. You will not lose your salvation living in bitterness. You can. You can be miserable and saved. You can be a miserable, bitter, angry, isolated, alone person and on your way to heaven. Or you can decide today is the last day that I don't surrender this bitterness to God and you can let God heal every part of your life and you can change your mind. Say amen to that. I want you to hear it today. As loudly as I can tell you, you can change and God can heal you today. If you have your Bibles, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Hebrews is a New Testament book. Some scholars believe is written by the Apostle Paul. I happen to believe it's not. I actually am not terribly sure. I think James may have, but it could have been Paul too. We don't really know. Hebrews is where we get the the household of faith. It's where we get the trophy club of faith. It's where we hear about God moving and God reaching for His chosen people. And it's also a very practical book. It's why I think James may have wrote it. It's a very practical book. It's a book that gives us some practical handles on our faith. And James gives us what I think is the best practical handle to heal from bitterness. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Hebrews 12 and verse 14. The Bible says it like this. Make every effort. Make every effort. Don't try one time. Don't go to one counseling session. Don't read one book. Don't come to church one series. Don't say, I've been trying for a month. We've been doing this for a year. Make every effort in your life to live in... Everybody say peace. Live in peace. Make every effort to live in peace with everybody who you like. And try to be holy. Is that what it says? Make every effort to live in peace with people who vote like you. Is that what it says? Make every effort to live in peace with people who don't tick you off. Is that what it says? Make every effort to live in peace with people who don't push your buttons. Nope. Make every effort to live in peace with who? With who? And then the Bible connects holiness to relationships. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 
The next verse, verse 15. See to it that nobody misses the grace of God. Here it is. Underline this in your Bible. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. See to it. See to it. See to it. On your watch, in your life, you are responsible for your soul. You're responsible for your reactions. You're responsible for your mind, the contents of your heart. And see to it. That nobody falls short of the grace of God. And that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. Let me give you two foundational truths I want to preach to you today. If you're taking notes, write these in your notes. If you're not taking notes, write these in your notes anyway. Because Christians take notes in church. Two foundational truths. Here's the first one. Write this down. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Where do roots grow? Underground. You're you're scared to answer the wrong thing. (laughs) You've yelled out the wrong answer. You know, you're like, Romans! And it's the wrong book, you know. So where where do roots grow? Underground. It's where they grow. And bitterness, listen, is a dangerous root because you can't see it all the time. It's growing under the ground in our new home because of the drought. We have some beautiful trees in the backyard. But the other day we were walking through and noticed the roots had come up to the surface a little bit. You could begin to see them because the soil had eroded all the way down because of the drought. And it's terrible because you're not supposed to see roots on the top because roots grow where? Underground. Roots are underground. And some of us have gotten very good at keeping bitterness underground. You know just the right words to say. Just when to put a smile on your face. Just when to keep the peace. Just when to keep everything right in the office. Just when to walk in the house and not stir it up. Just so everybody at church thinks you're still a blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled, sanctified Christian. You think everything's fine, nothing's wrong in our life, but in the surface, just beneath the soil of your heart, there is growing underground a bitter root. It may look fine on the surface, but underground there's issues. And if the truth were told in your mind, there is a war, there is a spinning, your soul is turning, your stomach is churning because there's a bitterness that's underground. It's under your life. It's inside of your mind. It's showing up underneath all of the surface. And here's where bitterness grows. Write this down. The root of bitterness grows in the soil of an unhealed heart. The root of bitterness grows in the soil of an unhealed heart. Are you still there? Are you still there? Say amen. It grows in the soil of an unhealed heart. It does not grow in the soil of a hurt heart. You say, Pastor, what's the difference in an unhealed heart and a hurt heart? I'll tell you. Hurt is unavoidable in your life. You wake up today, you're going to run into something. Somebody's going to upset you. There's going to be an expectation unmet. Someone's going to let you down. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that, that man's days are many and full of trouble. There's trouble coming in your life. You say, Pastor, I thought this was a positive kind of church. Look at me. I'm positive that trouble's coming into your life at some point. How many of you would testify? Life's hard sometimes. It's difficult. People let me down. People disappoint me. Unmet expectations. It's not about a heart that's hurting. The root of bitterness doesn't grow when you get hurt. The root of bitterness grows when you choose to be unhealed. 
The root of bitterness grows when you choose to say, I don't have an issue. It's not really me. It's them. I don't really have this going on in my life. I don't, I don't think this is my fault. I think it's somebody else. It's my mom's. It's my dad's. It's my family of origin. It's my uncle's. It's the job. It's the church. It's those people. There's unmet expectations. There's unclear expectations. Some of us are frustrated about stuff you never say. I talk to our team about this sometime as I try to grow as a leader and as a pastor. There are times I have really good conversations in my mind. Have any of you do this? But they never come out of my mouth. And I'm really smart in my mind. And I win all of the arguments in my mind. And sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll say, Hey you, and I know it was me because I was wearing my underwear. I know who it was. I say, hey, you, you're really good at this. You're a good leader. You solve that problem. And then I show up and the problem's not solved. And I get frustrated and I say, why is the problem not solved? And they go, sir, you didn't say nothing about a problem. And I said, oh, yeah. I had it in my mind. I had this whole conversation that I never. And, and so now I'm frustrated at an unclear expectation. Are you still there? This probably isn't for y'all. This is just for me. So just sit along for the ride. I didn't even say what I expected in a marriage, what I expected in a relationship, what I expected in my job. And now I'm frustrated and it grows in an unhealed heart. And you've decided that I've got unhealthy thought patterns. I told you just a few weeks ago that your unhealthy thought patterns create neuropathways in your brain where more unhealthy thought patterns can go. The more that you think a thought, the easier it is to think the thought. So if negativity about a person, if negativity about a situation, if negativity about a family member, if something's in your mind, if you think the thought, it's easier to go back and rethink the thought over and over and over. And now these unhealthy thought patterns about somebody lead you to unhealthy anger and unchecked anger leads you to unhealthy hate and unrepentant hate leads you to a root of bitterness. And on the outside, everything's okay. But on the inside, there's a root Bitterness is taking over in your soul. Here's three things I know about roots. Write these down. Roots absorb. Roots store. And roots grow. Roots have a way of absorbing. They absorb the water that you put into them. If, you, if, if we ever... Uh, rain is something that where water falls out of the sky. You may not have uh, heard of that before. But other places, there's rain that falls out of the sky onto the ground. And the roots are supposed to absorb it. Are, do you all remember what that used to be like? Where the roots would absorb it. Roots absorb things. Listen to me. The root of bitterness in your life absorbs painful information. I can't preach it to you again. I did it last week. Go back and watch that message. But it sticks to you. It sticks to you. All the good things in your life bounce off of you. And all the painful stuff sticks to you. You absorb it. The painful divorce. The painful breakup. The painful lashing out of one of your parents. The painful bankruptcy. The painful uh, uh, situation when you were passed over for a promotion. The pain of losing a job. The pain of losing a spouse. And you've absorbed that into your soul. And then you start storing it. Roots absorb and they store. We store the wounds of our lives and our minds. We store the roots of our, of our lives are storing the painful, the wounds in our life. A book I recommend often, if you're interested, I recommend it uh, qu- quite often in biblical counseling, is a book called The Body Keeps the Score. The Body Keeps the Score. 
It's by a Christian psychologist that basically the premise is that of the trauma of your life, your body will keep, you'll actually get physically, you carry around with you the trauma of your life, unhealed, uh, 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 things you don't surrender to God, they start keeping score in your life. You store the wounds of your life and you start stacking them up. And listen, the easiest way to know if you may have the root of bitterness growing in your mind and in your soul is how much you keep score. It's how much you keep score. If you're married, you know what this looks like. Well, I've washed the dishes three times this week. Now, it's only Wednesday, so you've got time to wash the dishes, and I'm okay. I'm not mad. I just wanted you to know I've noticed I've washed the dishes three times this week while you sat on the couch and watched American Idol. But I'm not mad. I just want you to know. I've folded the clothes every day this week. Now, as a point of reference, folding and putting away the clothes is not the same as washing the laundry. In our house, we wash laundry every day. We have two growing kids. We wash laundry every day. We put away laundry one or two days a month. Are you with me, everybody? (laughs) And you can start keeping score in your marriage and say, I put it away every time. You don't do anything. The quickest way, I'm telling you, the the quickest cheat code to know if bitterness is growing in your heart is how much you keep score. Well, I did this. You remember every word they said. You remember every intimate detail. No, you actually said it this way. No, you actually said this. No, I'll tell you what you said. You said this and you said it like this and you put your finger like this and I remember where I was. I remember what you said and how you said it. It's, it's the root of bitterness. And left unchecked, listen, the dangerous root of bitterness starts to grow in your life. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Number two, write this in your notes. It has a dangerous root that grows underground in your soul. And bitterness, when it comes to fruition, has a poisonous fruit. Bitterness underground is dangerous. Bitterness above ground is poisonous. Bitterness below the surface of your life is dangerous to you. You'll implode. You'll be angry. You'll be miserable. You'll have terrible nightmares. It'll affect your health. You'll have high blood pressure. You'll have stomach ulcers. It'll eat you up from the inside. But it's dangerous to you. Listen to me. But when bitterness comes to the surface of your life, it's poisonous to everybody else. It's poisonous to everybody else. Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no bitter root grows up. Look at me. Bitterness always grows up. Bitterness always grows up. Bitterness is never just contained to the root. It's always growing up. Another translation, it says it means to defile many. That means pollute or contaminate. Another translation says whenever the bitter root springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. Bitterness starts below the ground, but soon in your life, unhealed and undealt with, bitterness will rise to the surface. And what was once an internal struggle, now everybody can see. And you can't hide your anger, and you can't hide your offense, and you can't hide your temper, and you can't hide your language, and now everything around you gets corrupted and tainted. Your relationships, your friendships, your marriage, your work relationships, it's contaminated, it's corrupted, not because of what's happening on the inside of you, but because what's on the inside of you has come out of you and now it's poisonous fruit. Bitterness has a poison fruit. It has a poison fruit. 
And in your life, you wonder, why can't I keep friends? Why can't I make friends? Why can't I, why, why, why can't I, we used to say growing up, I shouldn't tell you this. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you anyway. On the playground, you used to say, you're so ugly, your mama had to tie a pork chop around your neck just so other kids would play with you. Right? You just, it just, you're just bitter. Just, you've got no friends. You ain't got nobody around you. You ain't got nobody that calls you. One of the tests I'll give of people who are struggling in bitterness is tell me the five relationships you have that you've had more than five years. Because if you don't have depth of relationship, it's because you keep burning through friends. Over and over and over and over and over. And you burn through churches and you burn through relationships and you burn through boyfriends and you burn through girlfriends and you burn through jobs and you burn through opportunities and, and, and you burn through these friendships. Why? Because bitterness has come up and when bitterness grows up, it has a poisonous fruit and it poisons every other relationship you've got. Poisons marriage. Poisons your work. It has a dangerous root and it has a poisonous fruit. So how do I know if my mind and my heart are growing bitter? I'm glad you asked. I want to give you four ways that you know that you are bitter, that you've got bitterness on the inside of you. I'm going to give you four ways to test yourself. Listen, you can change today. God can heal your bitterness, but I want to give you four ways to know, is it me? Do I have it? Is it showing up in my life? By the way, I think there are five. The fifth way to know if you're a bitter person is if you're keto, if you don't eat bread. That's how you know. <laughs> Those people are bitter. Those people are bitter. That's, an under, that's just understood. Anyway. If you eat kale all the time, you're just a bitter person. But let me give you four real ways. Here, write this down. How do you know if the bitterness, if bitterness is coming up in your life? Number one, we easily see the bad in other people. We easily see somebody hurts us and we immediately flip the script to, well, yeah, you know what's wrong with you? Yeah, you know what you did? Yeah, do you know what you've been involved in? Who, who do they think they are correcting me? Who do you think you are coming to me with? I know what you've done. I know how you act. I know. Yeah, they always see the bad in others. Uh, well, there's a new employee. Yeah, I know. But I, I also know where they come from. Oh, there's somebody new on the team. Oh, yeah, I know. But I know where they come They uh, They immediately see the bad. Hey, there's a lot of good stuff happening right now. Oh, yeah. But I've seen the other side. I know the other side. We easily see the bad in others. You easily point out what's wrong with every else. You point out what's wrong with them. This is your fault, your problem, your mess up. We easily see. And bitterness is growing on the inside of us and it starts to come out in our life as fruit and we easily see the bad in other people. Number two, the second way you know that there's bitterness, the fruit of bitterness in your life is we start to feel justified about criticizing and gossiping others. You start to feel justified about criticizing and gossiping criticizing and gossiping. You know it to be wrong, but because there's bitterness about a person, about a situation, about a family member, about a teammate, because there's bitterness on the inside of you, the small little thing that's built up over time in your life, you don't think you're criticizing. You don't see it as gossiping. Normally you would know that's wrong, but this person's so bad, they deserve it. They deserve somebody like them. Other people need to know. They need to know what they're getting into. They need to, I'm just going to call it re, really spiritual people. Uh, they call it prayer request, you know, they, when they share information. They, I just want you to pray about this, but I know something. 
And listen, I just want to warn you about dating him. I just because I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying this is what I know. And I just want to warn you. And it's okay if you want to. That's fine. We can still be friends. But I just thought you should know. I just, would you pray with me about this situation? Because there's this thing, and I just, and I just want, I just thought you should know. You feel justified in gossiping and criticizing because bitterness is taking over in your mind and in your heart. Criticism becomes, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> Did you catch that? A critical spirit becomes, oh, I'm just truth telling. I'm just telling the truth. I'm just saying it like it is. No, you're just critical. And you've excused criticism because of bitterness. Number three, is this okay, everybody? The cookies are almost there. Are y'all okay, everybody? All right, coffee's still good out there. Number three, I'm just how you know bitterness is showing up in your life. You secretly celebrate others' misfortune. <laughs> when they trip and fall, you kind of like it, you know. Well, I hate to say it, but they had it coming to them. I knew, I knew all along this wasn't going to work, but I just they wouldn't listen to me. But I knew I was just waiting for them to fail. I knew. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I know. And, and I'm from the Deep South. In the Deep South, we say things like, oh, bless their heart. I know. Bless their little heart. Bless their heart. They're just so, I knew. I knew. Yeah, I told people. I warned them. I warned them not to do that, not to take that, not, not to take that project, not to hire that person, not to get in that relationship. But I guess they're just getting what they deserve. Oh, they got fired. Oh, well, hmm, you know, that's just what happens to people like them. You start celebrating the misfortune of others. I'm just, I'm just teaching you how to know bitterness is in your heart. You start celebrating when they fall. You start allowing them to fall so that you can celebrate the misfortune. Number four, I'm just giving you four ways to know that there's bitterness inside of your heart. Number four, you, you, you bring down the house around you. You bring down the whole house around you. I've seen this so many times where once bitterness is confronted that you decide, well, I'm not going down alone. And so you start telling everybody. The Bible says many are corrupted by its poison. And so bitterness doesn't just hurt you, it starts hurting others. And you start to build strategic alliances. Y'all just look straight ahead. This probably isn't for y'all. It was probably for first service. A lot of sinners in first service. But anyway, just look, look, look at me. <laughs> you start building strategic alliances. Listen, I just wanted you to hear it from me, okay, that they're a terrible person. I just wanted you to know my side of the story. In case it gets around, I just wanted you to know my side of the story. I just wanted you to hear how bad they had done me. I just want you to hear that this business is going down, and I'm just here. I'm a Christian. You know that. So I just wanted you to know, and we start building strategic alliances. In case you haven't heard, you know what you're doing? You're making sure as many people as possible know so that you can bring the house down. Every, everybody's coming down on this bitterness. Everybody's coming down on this bitterness. Bitterness has a root, and it's dangerous on the inside of you. And when it comes out in your life, when it grows up and gets mature, it has a poisonous fruit and it starts poisoning everything and everybody in your life, every situation, every relationship, every friendship. It's sowing a poisonous fruit 
I didn't say this in the first service, but I'll go ahead and tell you. If I had a fifth one, it would be this. It's contagious. Bitterness is contagious. Bitterness is contagious. The old, the old saying says, misery loves what? So does bitterness. It just loves it. It loves to share it. It loves to bring others down with it. It loves for you to be offended with me. It loves for you to be upset about this with me. And we start building alliances built on shared offense. And building alliances built on shared hurt. Let's hate her. Let's decide to hate him. Let's decide that this church isn't good. Let's decide those people aren't right. Let's decide that couple did wrong. Let's just build this together. And bitterness is destroying your not the big stuff it's normally the little stuff so let me ask you a question in closing our, our musicians are coming I'll ask you a question that, that I want to and then I'm going to give you the answer I'm actually I got six minutes to preach my way out of this dire situation I brought you in are you ready what or with whom are you bitter write it in your notes and then ask yourself at what or with whom are you bitter at what or with whom are you bitter? Where, where, where in your life is there bitterness that has taken root? Started off as anger. Started off as an unmet expectation. Started off as just a misunderstanding. Started off as a miscalculation. Started off as... We just were passing and it didn't make sense and I didn't understand it. But the longer I've lived, now what happened to me as a child has got bitterness in my life. And I'm asking you, would you look me in the eyes? And I'm asking you to be as honest as you can to peel back the pride of your life and answer honestly. Is there bitterness on the inside of you? Is there bitterness that's sabotaging your relationships? Is there bitterness the reason why you can't stay in a relationship with another girl is because you keep talking about that previous hurt? And the reason you can't get in a relationship with another guy is because of that previous divorce. And all of this bitterness and the reason you have trust issues is because your father left. And the reason you have all of this stuff on the inside of you that's building up and growing is because bitterness has a root and it's dangerous on the inside of you and right now you're squirming trying to get out of your skin it's on the inside of your guts are twisted your mind is spinning and there's poison in your life it's bitterness it's bitterness maybe it's big maybe you didn't get over the fact that your parents divorced when you were 12. And you spent the rest of your childhood going back and forth from mom's house and dad's house and mom would tell you what dad did wrong and dad would tell you what mom did wrong. And you were the pawn in a silly game that adults play. And you're bitter. And you didn't heal from it. And you blame them for your failed marriage. I didn't see a good example. Maybe it was the abuse of a father. He should never talk to his little girl like that. He should never put their hands on you like that. And you didn't heal. You're the same nine-year-old little boy slapped in the face and bitter, angry, 
Maybe it's your sibling. Always doing better than you. They always excel. I'm always the other one. They're the honor roll. I'm the C student. They're the pretty one. I'm the fat one. They got, they got it all together. Their life's all together. I'm, I'm a mess. Bitterness. Bitterness. Maybe it's a coworker. You've worked 15 years to get where you are. Worked late hours. Stayed late. Came in early. Did everything you knew how to do to get ahead. And they get the promotion. They get recognized. The boss talks to them and not to you. They get brought in. They take credit for your hard work. At the end of the day, you, you, put, you put on the face for work, but it's bitterness. It's a root. Maybe it's a friend. I'm talking to somebody right now. Holy, the Holy Spirit's talking to people in the, in the room right now. The spirit of prophecy is on me. I'm telling you. Maybe it's a friend whose life moved on and yours didn't. They got out of the small town and you're still stuck. They got married and you're still single. They had kids and you haven't. And you're bitter. We grew up together saying we would tackle the world together. And you did and I didn't. Maybe it's a failure of parenting. You felt like I lost my temper too many times. I said something I shouldn't have said. Now I've created this rift with my adult son that I can't seem to fix. He should have apologized. I should have apologized. I'm bitter. It's a marriage that you gave a second chance. You said this one will work given all and she still left and, and you're bitter maybe something completely out of your control you lost your mother your father at an early age you didn't have anything to do with that and you couldn't cry at the funeral but you cry in your 30s at night bitter why God why, why, why me why this life bitterness has taken over and you're in church today with your church smile on with a praise the Lord in your heart but bitterness is growing daily and I come today to tell you God can set you free God can heal what he didn't hurt. You say, Pastor, how do I heal from bitterness? I'm glad you asked. I'll give you the answer. It's found in the book of Ephesians 4. If you need a verse to hold on to in your anger, now listen to me. If you need a verse to hold on to in your healing, healing comes two different ways, physically, emotionally, mentally. Healing happens two different ways. It happens incrementally and it happens instantaneously. Instantaneously is a miracle. That happens in the physical more often. I, I almost never see it happen emotionally or mentally. I see that happen incrementally. 
So as you're healing, here's you a verse to hold on to. Ephesians 4 and verse 31. The Bible says, get rid of all bitterness. Well, that sounds easy enough. Just get rid of it, huh? Yep. Rage, anger, brawling, slander, every form of malice. Well, how do I do that? (laughs) If I could do that, I wouldn't have tears falling down my eyes right now, but I can't. I don't know what to do with this. What do I do with the deepest pain of my life? What do I do with the deepest unmet expectation? What do I do with all this anger? What do I do with all this rage? Verse 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another and forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. Write these two things down and then close your Bibles. You can kill bitterness with compassion. You will kill bitterness in your heart with compassion. Not pity, but compassion. Look in my eyes. Let me prophesy to you. Your mama did the best she knew how. She didn't have a mother. She did the best she knew how. Be compassionate. Your father loved you to the extent that he knew how to love a son. Be compassionate. Your ex-wife did the best she knew how as an abused little girl. She never healed from that and she got married to you unhealed. Have some compassion. Your business partner failed you because he's just not good with money and he's tried his whole life to pretend that he's better at something than he really is. He's insecure, always feeling inferior. Have some compassion. If compassion takes over your heart, it's amazing what will happen to your health. It's amazing what will happen to your emotional, your mental health if you'll start. I say it this way. You can't hate anybody you pray for. Try. Try praying today and hating at the same time. Not possible. Some of you have tried. God, kill Bobby. Kill him right now, God. Just take care of him. If you'd kill him, God, my life would be easier. Please kill him, God. And eventually your killing him goes to God, change him, God, change him, change him, God, change him, God, change, save him, God, save him, God, God, touch my dad. God bless my mom. God touch my ex-husband. Save him before it's too late. What's happening? Compassion is killing bitterness. Second thing, and then you close your Bibles. You can kill bitterness with compassion. Number two, you can kill bitterness with forgiveness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another and forgive each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Look at me. God's forgiven you of much. Don't hold on. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to realize that the hardest part of the New Testament, I'm done preaching, the hardest part of the New Testament, listen to me, the hardest part of the New Testament is when Jesus says that the way that you measure mercy is the way that God the Father measures mercy back to you. Patrick, the way that I extend mercy to my brother is the way that God extends mercy. I don't know how it's all going to happen. Don't ask me about the end times, but one day we stand before God and somehow you know 
that how I forgave them is how God looks at me. And listen, maybe not you, but I need a lot of forgiveness in my life. And God rescued me, and God saved me, and has been gracious to me and merciful to me, and I can't hold you. i got to forgive. Bow your heads and close your eyes quickly. We don't have time to play around, so just be honest with God. If you're bitter, if bitterness is in your heart, if there's a root of bitterness, would you just raise your hand high to God? You're not telling me, you're telling God. You're not telling me, you're telling God. Keep your hand up. It's there, God. It's there. It's in my heart. It's in my mind. I can't get rid of it. It's, it's, a, it's a block. It just shows up every time I see them, every time I think about them, every family reunion, every time. Every time they call, every time I see them, every picture I see of them succeeding, bitterness raises up inside of me and it's killing me. It's dangerous to me. So God, with my hand raised to surrender to God, I give that to you. I give you the bitterness of my misfortune. I give you the bitterness of the family I was born into, the parents that I have, the divorce that I walked through, what my parents did that they didn't know what my grandfather did that he didn't realize. God, I surrender to you all of the hurts of my life, the little stuff, the little razor cuts that just accumulate over time and form a crust of bitterness. I surrender them to you. Come on, pray a prayer of surrender right now, right in your seats, everybody. With, with, with your own voice and your own language, just say, God, I just give you my heart. I just give you this bitterness. I give you every part of me. God, I open up the secret parts of my heart that I've held back, the stuff inside of me that's felt insecure, that's felt unhealed, the stuff I haven't surrendered, the, the time that I walked away, the time that I felt abandoned, the time that I was hurt, abused, let go, the time that I've just accumulated all of this stuff, passed over. I felt like I was always picked last. I was never first on the team, and now it's here it is. It's bitterness. I didn't forgive my parents. I didn't forgive my best friend. But God, you've forgiven me. Come on, say it like that. God, you've forgiven me, so I release the bitterness. Come on, release it physically. I want you to release it out of your own soul, out of your own heart, out of your own mind, out of your own body. I release them. I release all this anger. I release this pent-up bitterness that I've had on the inside of me. I let go of all of this hurt. I let go of all of this. God, I've got compassion. Teach me compassion. I pray for them. Call their name. Call the situation. It's it's this it's this person. It's that, it's that boss. It's that pastor. It's that person. This is it, God. And I pray for them. Bless them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Save them. Pour out your spirit on them. Touch their family. Touch his new wife. Touch their new family. Touch my friend, God. Bless them as they grow. Compassion. 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 God, I forgive them. Because you've forgiven me of much. Now, if you've never asked God to forgive you, this is that time in the service. When I say, I can't pray it for you, but I can pray it with you. So say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse me, my heart, my mind, my soul. I release control. I surrender to you. Save me today. Heal me today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord over your heart today? Come on, do you receive the word of the Lord? 
Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.